Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. I have been extremely fortunate to get the opportunity to sit down and talk to many women. And as they share their story with me and I'm able to interview them for this podcast. I'm so deeply moved by each and every one of their stories, by their experiences, by their vulnerability, by what they've decided to do with their life and their situation. And I can honestly say that the interview that I did today with Hannah McMillan was probably the interview that touched me the most. And that's saying a lot because you all know the multitude of wisdom and experience that has been on this podcast. And Hannah's story is one that is very unfair. She is 18 years old and was diagnosed four years ago with complex regional pain disorder. And it is something that has transformed her entire life. And she accounts to us what it is like to really live in chronic pain and to be in a body that no longer feels her own and to suffer every single day, but to almost feel that she needs to put on a facade so the rest of the world can't feel or see her suffering. And she gets into this a lot more and also really boldly gets into that this doesn't define her. She she doesn't want this to be her defining piece of her life. She is young and she is vibrant and she has so much amazing life ahead of her. This one piece isn't going to solely be her. She is unbelievably wise beyond her years. I know that each and every one of you are going to take away something from this interview just as much as I did, if not many things And honestly, sit back and let your jaw drop and be in awe of what this 18-year-old woman has to say. Hello, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to share my story. Yay. So why don't you let everybody in on a snapshot of who Hannah is. Hannah is a high school senior and I do martial arts. I love Taylor Swift maybe a little bit (laughs) too much. I play piano, classical piano, and I love dogs a lot. Hannah is the high school senior that I aspired to be, like, into martial arts, interesting, (laughs) plays classical piano, even more interesting, intelligent, knocking about, like, you kind of do a lot of things for being a high school senior. Oh, don't worry, I binge Grey's Anatomy just like everyone else. Okay, good, that makes (laughs) me feel, like, slightly less inadequate about myself now. I appreciate that. (laughs) 
Um, so when you're not binging Grey's Anatomy and doing martial arts and into Taylor Swift, like how do you you do school on top of that too? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Goodness gracious, girl! I do want to school usually. Yeah doing all of the things that's so incredible and I had gotten to know you like it's it's weird like I don't know you but I know <laughs> you just this an interesting like through the grapevine type of way and what always intrigued me about you is this you're so young and you have this spirit of this activist and I love what you post on social media. You're so much more poetic than, again, I was even now as an adult. Um, But tell us a little bit about how you started becoming such, not political is not a really great word, but activist. Like how, where does that come from? Well, I suppose like, like many people, I read To Kill a Mockingbird in high school, right? And... It really, it was, I have an attentive ADHD, so that was the first book that I'd ever actually read the whole thing and, like, was fascinated by, and the story, it just impacted me so, I mean, it made me cry, right, and as I, you know, grew older and became more and more socially and politically aware I, it, I don't know, I was born, like, a very empathetic person, like, I don't mean to prop myself up, it's just, like, who I am, right, and so it really doesn't matter if I've never met the person or they live, like, I feel their pain, and I think, you know, we're citizens of, of the world we share this way and I try to do every tiny thing that I can hopefully someday it will be bigger things but right now it's you know I'm doing something and that's better than nothing it's amazing uh, that that spirit and that drive I think you're so right when you say that there is just something innately in us that some people are just meant to be involved and to have that empathy that drives them to do so something so much bigger than they are. Yeah. And it is, I try, I'm still working on finding the balance of like caring and I'm doing everything that I can, but also not, you know, letting everyone else's pain ruin my life. I've not perfected that yet. I was going to ask, how does, how do you balance that? Because being, I'm, I'm not, I have empathy, but I'm not empathic in the way that some people are. Do you struggle balancing that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I read the news every day because I feel like I have to know, but then also it's, it does make me cry a lot. I feel like I've already said that I cry. I really don't cry that often, but it it impacts me throughout the day. I feel the weight, and I the only thing that sort of calms me is knowing that 
I actually think this is some of what of a quote that, you know, I am one, but I am one and I cannot do everything, but I can do something and I will not let that which I cannot do interfere with what I can do. And that's kind of how it's a very important thing to me and something I try to remind myself of a lot. Yeah, just that you do get up and do the best that you can do every day and that that is all that you can do. I really do wish it was more. A lot of times I do. And there will be more things for you. I keep forgetting as I'm speaking to you. I'm like, wait, how old is she again? Like, (laughs) oh my, yeah. There is so much more coming your way, my dear. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. One, One thing that you touched on a little bit about a couple times just recently was you brought up the word pain. And you were speaking of pain, obviously, as an emotional pain and a a sensation of that. But you deal with pain on a very different level than many people do. Yeah. uh, Nice. (laughs) You led me into that perfect. I was like, oh, she is having good stuff for me. Like, she's making this easy for me. Thank you, Hannah, for making my job easy today. Yeah. So... I'll try to condense it so it doesn't take like six hours. But for almost four years ago now, yeah, well, that's crazy. Um, I was in, I was in tenth grade. I did cross country and track, and I absolutely loved it. And honestly, I was getting pretty good at it. My life was just a regular, ordinary teenagers. Until one day, um, my ankle started hurting. I know that sounds somewhat anticlimactic, but the ankle pain turned out to be much more than that. So obviously, I'm not a certified physician or anything. I've even taken an anatomy class in a few years. But as as my doctors have explained, um, as I try to remember, which I'm always... (laughs) I was, I was born with a hypersensitive nervous system, which is kind of a predisposition for chronic pain issues. And I'd like sprained my ankle a few times before and like rolled it when I was running. And so with my hypersensitivity, one day it just got to be, you know, the last round on the camel's back and everything kind of went to hell or I guess a better way to say that would be it, it flared up you can say it went to hell like in the little tiny <laughs> bit that I know like in the little tiny window that I know it it that is a very much an understatement yeah yeah <laughs> and see in the beginning the like physical therapist I saw thought it was just some tissue damage and if I rested and iced I would be fine in a few days and you know, there's no evidence to believe anything else however the pain only only continued to get worse and a few months after it began while well, I was waiting to get in to see a sports medicine physician the pain slowly but steadily spread to my whole right leg. And within a few months after that, pain had spread to 
actually my whole body and I now had like a plethora of other symptoms such as dizziness, blacking out, blurry vision. I temporarily lose my hearing sometimes. It's swelling, unexplained rushes, and so many other things I honestly can't remember them all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my nervous system, right? And so that affects a lot of things. So, you know, here I am at, at 15 years old, and every part of my body hurts all day, every day. And I don't just need a dull ache, right? I mean, and crushing chest pain and stabbing pain in my legs and it's kind of weird I mean it's weird in a lot of ways but this one is it's constantly changing like a pain in my shoulder may only last three seconds or it might be there for three months I I never know and I really for quite some time I had no idea what was happening to my body and how much worse it could get. Neither did any of my doctors for some time. It was um, it was rather scary. And let's see. It was, yeah, it took some time before any of my doctors gave me any recommendations of substance. So the usual way of looking at pain is, you know, if something hurts, don't do it. So I quit cross-country, piano, got held back a year in school. And by the time I was diagnosed, which I don't think I've said that yet, um, I have complex regional pain syndrome. And yeah, by the time I was diagnosed, I was really basically an invalid. And shortly after after I was diagnosed, um, this is actually so hard to talk about, but yeah, I had a doctor tell me, a pain physician, tell me that I would never be able to walk again, that I might have to use a wheelchair, and that I might never be able to live independently. So that was, you know, that was the beginning, the like, first year, almost. What is, the, I, I can't even wrap my head around hearing something like that at any point in stage in your life, but you're 15, you were on the cross country team, you were a vibrant, active, n- quote unquote, normal team. What, can you even explain what that is like to hear news that you might be in a wheelchair? Um, I felt like during that appointment, like I'd been robbed of my future. I hadn't even, I'm not always like the most optimistic person, but even I hadn't even considered the idea that I would never get better. Like that was just absolutely crazy to me, really. Uh, I got a second opinion, which I highly recommend. It, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I hear your story and my heart just, it breaks for you and this is coming from somebody who's not empathetic as Hannah is. It just, <laughs> it's just that it's this true example that life is just so unbelievably not fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone, I have thought that sometimes, you know, I have wondered 
why, you know, why me, why did this happen? But really, everyone has, everyone has something, some old heartaches, some issues. This is, this is mine. And I can only assume that as, and this is again me being optimistic and easy for me to say, not being in the involved directly in the situation. But I know without a doubt that whatever this becomes for you is going to be you're the activist at heart that is this true lover of everyone in the world. Like the impact that you are going to make with this is going to be outstanding. Uh, um, I mean, I hope so, but. I mm-hmm. what is it like to try to explain this to other people your peers people yeah. this isn't a known condition period and then you're from a small area you are young how do you even begin to describe when you're having a bad day or when you're in pain what it, oh where do you start? Yeah, oftentimes I I find myself minimizing my pain to other people because it's hard to explain, but I can kind of, you know, I can tell that they want to hear that I'm better and it's like, you know, like that's nice, I guess. But... Even if I'm not, I still find myself telling them, like, you know, I'm doing better, making progress, even if it's not actually true. Because is that you being the protector of everybody in the world? Or is that also just because that's, it's honestly easier than yeah. having to have the discussion over and over again? It is partly that, yeah. And I mean, honestly, sometimes I don't even like, tell nurses, you know, they ask like certain questions like, do you have any pain today? And like sometimes they just don't have the energy to spend fifteen minutes to explain how every part of my body could be in so much pain. It's just easier just to say the politically correct nice answer and <laughs> yeah. at least then you get relief from that. Like you don't have to dive into that anymore. You said in your bio that you sent me that this obviously is a major part of your life. It has consumed your life and transformed your life, but it's also not what defines you. Yes. What do you say defines you? I think part of that is yet to be. (laughs) Good, because you're too young. You shouldn't have, that's okay (laughs) to not have that answer. But how are you so wise in that? Again, I forget how young you are and how bold you are to, one, not only share share this, but to just live day to day. You have heard words from pain physicians and practitioners that people can never really understand. Yeah. Um, Well, I, I don't have, like an inspiring maxim. I don't have you know, a special song that I listen to every time I'm 
in extreme pain. <laughs> I, I want to share my story as much as I can, partly for me to, to speak my truth and partly so that someone else can know that they're not alone, that there is hope. You know, life with chronic illness, it's not pretty. It's not taking episodes baths and organizing fundraisers. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's taking a shower so you can cry, except that taking a shower actually takes a lot of motivation. And I don't want to sound like too depressing, but it doesn't really get better. It doesn't get easier. Every day is hard. But, you know, you find something, a reason to fight. And for me, that's, that's my future career, my education. That's one of the main things that keeps me going. And I don't always, I don't always win. You know, sometimes I sleep in or I take a nap or eat too much pizza. <laughs> I don't always win. But overall, I'm making progress. I'm moving forward. And that's kind of the best that we can do. Oh. And so what is your, what are your career goals? What is your education goals? Um, actually, to become a surgeon. Which you would think would be directly related to like my health experiences. But it's actually more of, you know, I've spent a lot of time in waiting rooms and I've seen a lot of a lot of humanity really and you know I I know that I can't fix everyone I I really genuinely wish I could but again is I can do something and surgery is one way that I can do that I also love math and science it well and that again that fits in with Grey's Anatomy so we get all these pieces (laughs) that like combined into one you're empathetic and deal with pain and you watch Grey's Anatomy so you can be a surgeon like perfect (laughs) and there there's always something very interesting to me about the way that the universe works in the way that you feel pain from other people and then you bear that so solely on your own. There's like that. I feel like that's a plot line of something and I don't mean to minimize by any means you or your story, but there's something very, very tying to those two ideas. Well, I don't know that I really believe in that fate or karma or any of that but yeah I see what you mean it just and maybe not fate or karma from an aspect of fate or karma but just from an aspect of you having a very different perspective of being able to understand somebody's level of suffering and pain in a way that I can't you don't feel it or have it in the same way but you can understand what pain and suffering is like yeah I've, you know, I've been that vulnerable person before that 
patient who maybe experienced like one of the worst day of their lives. And when they're in that position as as a caregiver, it's it's not only your responsibility to take care of their medical problems, although I'm fascinated by that aspect, but also, you know, I hope to be there for them, to listen to their concerns, hopefully calm their anxieties and you know, maybe give my patients hope in in possibly their darkest hour. And there's something very noble about that. And there's something that people are very, very drawn to in that because by no means in every medical community is there somebody that does have that heart and that light and that compassion to somebody who's walking in a very, very dark and scary place. I I know for me, some of my physicians have told me things that you know, they really helped me, and I will, like, think of some things that have told me, like, when I, when I really want to quit or work out or something, and because it oftentimes, like, your family is hurting just as much as you are, they don't really know how to respond, so it is, like, maybe not listed as a job qualification, but it is, um, I think it's probably the most important job qualification. I think it should be number one, quite honestly. I mean, that's people's hearts and lives. That's the top thing that you want to be able to give to somebody. Right. You're not treating a disease. Exactly. Yeah. There's always a person behind that setting and that story and that situation. What is one thing that you want the world to know about somebody who is living and dealing every day with chronic pain, with a chronic disease? This is a little off, but I think Something that's really important to me to say is in in this current society, you know, there's songs and poems and books and movies about being like beautifully broken or you know, what doesn't kill you makes you makes you stronger. And I reject that narrative. Like pain sucks. <laughs> pain sucks. No one deserves it. I'm not I'm not grateful for my pain. I'm not a better person because of my pain, but I'm also also not a lesser person because of my pain. And I just I think if you learn something from your pain, from your struggles, like that is, you know, that's great. That is fantastic. But if not, you know, that's equally okay because you survived, and that in and of itself is hugely impressive and admirable. The sort of unspoken pressure we put on survivors to have an inspiring little story is is unfair. America loves a comeback story, but often these stories aren't as simple as that. Real people's lives and stories aren't clickbait. 
it's not romanticized. You know, real life is not a movie. Real life isn't isn't that romantic tale that makes everything have this beautiful caveat with it. Like it sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we we're often lied to with stories of like a cancer survivor or a former drug addict, drug addict who is now the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and it's those things can happen. People are strong. People are resilient, but it's not nearly the whole story. I can guarantee you that CEO does not have a perfect life now, which is how we're frequently told. But that's not how it works if you go through hell you can get better you absolutely can but for better or for worse I don't think you'll ever be the same person you were before and I think that message comes back to what you had said and we had talked about earlier of you're not allowing this piece of your life to be your defining piece of your life like your whole life doesn't need to be wrapped up in this you are, yes. you are so much more than one aspect of who, of what is going on with you. Yeah. A lot of, I've noticed, and I did this too for some time, but a lot of people would say like, you know, I'm bipolar or I'm a cancer patient. And it's like, you have cancer, you have bipolar, but it does not have you. I am not chronic pain. I have it. Yeah. But no, it doesn't define me. I actually just had talked to a woman that said the same thing. It's so funny you bring this up. We were talking about anxiety. Yeah. And she said the same thing. She said, you don't call it my anxiety. You say the anxiety because you don't want to own that. Right. Like that's not who you are. That's, it's just a thing. Yeah. And it can be a big thing. Right. But that's not, you're not taking ownership of that. You own dogs. You own Taylor Swift music. You don't own having chronic pain. Yes, I agree with that. You are, the, I, I, this is so much even more than I could have and imagined. You are beyond, beyond wise and just this beautiful light and not again because we're talking about a piece of something that you deal with but because of everything else that you bring to the world and the gifts that you're giving with your empathy and your heart like that's Hannah that's that's this amazing woman that I got to talk with today thank you that's that's very kind and as always in the podcast, we always wrap up with some rapid fire questions. So, are you ready for the fire, the hot fire seat? Uh, yes. Okay, they're pretty. They're pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite way to unplug? To unplug. Ooh. Actually, every January, I delete all of my social media accounts for a month. I know it's not totally unplugged, but it's it does help. That's a big unplug. That's in, again very impressive for okay. <laughs> for anybody at this point in time to do for a full month. That's a big unplug. 
Honestly, it's harder than I care to admit. I can only imagine. I cannot imagine, actually, as I have like 20 screens up on my computer right now and my phone on and an iPad. And yeah, yeah, that's a big way to unplug. (laughs) What is one thing about you that nobody would ever guess if they just met you on the street? Well, actually, uh, uh, chronic pain. Yeah. Because you hide it really well. And it looks very different on everybody, I'm sure. Yes. What is what do you consider your super weapon? I suppose uh, I guess will we empathy because that, that leads to action as well. Because you do good things with it, yeah. Not everybody does, and you choose to, and that's wonderful. And the cap of every podcast question, of course, is what does being fierce mean to you? I am so excited to say that today's episode is sponsored by the Self-Love Challenge Retreat that is coming up Memorial Day weekend. If you're ready for a unique, empowering experience with like-minded women, listen to this. Can you imagine yourself at an adult slumber party with self-care, with yoga, with meditation, nature, creative workshops, and just soulful conversations and connecting? It's coming to relax, renew, and really discover how to follow your own happiness. If this is something that you need in your life, and let's be honest, who the heck doesn't? contact Brandy Wilson. She is the creator of the self-love challenge. She has all the information for you and I will have her contact information in the show notes. I am beyond ecstatic to say that I get to be part of this. I will be speaking. I will be teaching. I will be there enjoying every moment of it. And it is exactly what you guys need to do too. Make sure to check the link in the bio and to talk to Brandy for more information. To me, I think... Fierce means never giving up, right? You can make mistakes, shit happens, and you can change your direction, you can change your goals, but as long as you keep fighting the good fight, I think you are fierce. Well, that's Hannah right there. You get you get the title of fierce today. Oh, and every you. other day for that matter. <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure. I cannot praise you enough and say what a beautiful light and soul that you are and the gifts that you have already given to the world are undeniable and the gifts that you are going to give to the world are going to be monumental and I can't wait to take a seat back and and say in 10 years like hey did you know that she was once on my podcast that I had (laughs) like this surgeon that they're making a show about yeah I talked to her once thank you you're very welcome thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for listening to the fit and fierce podcast if you enjoyed it please head over to itunes subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review it's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way see you next time